Coming up on this week's episode, we're talking Merseyside Derby, a London Derby, plus a look forward to Euro 2024. Liam has a quiz, there's some Who Am I, and the Wonders of White are back as well, so let's get started. Hello and welcome to a new episode of View from the Solon podcast. It's Chris here. Hello, Liam. Hey, Chris. How are you doing? Yeah, not too bad. Refreshed and ready after say, two, three weeks, I think. A long international break, wasn't it? Yeah. It just felt like it went on forever. Um, obviously back to domestic football at the weekend. Um, I was going to say one thing, though. I looked at the league table earlier, and we've nine games. Is it me, or does it feel like there's been a lot more football played than yeah. nine games? Yeah, I don't know why. I just, I had, when I was looking, I was thinking, blimey, is it only nine games? I thought we were like fifteen, sixteen games into the season. So, yeah. It takes it out of you, doesn't it? When you, I suppose, when you're not winning or at the top, stressful. Well, yeah. well, to be fair, I haven't seen Chelsea lose for nearly a month. So I know. Um, yeah, so things are looking a bit up there, but we're going to talk about that um, a little bit later on. Um, but first up, uh, we'll go to the the Merseyside derby, um, which was on Saturday, uh, mm. an, an eventful game, I think, to say the least. Um, Liverpool deserve winners. Yeah, I think probably just about. It wasn't their best performance. Um, you know, it's going to be one of those games that if um, if Liverpool hadn't have won, Klopp's going to blame the lunchtime kickoff again because <laughs> they they always seem to get the lunchtime kickoff. You know, he's got a point there. I don't know what kind of difference it makes, but you know that two and a half hours. But um, but yeah, I think um, can't argue with the penalty or the red card for Everton. I think. Um, I don't know what Michael Keane's sort of doing, sticking his arm out like that, to be honest. And Ashley Young's dived in. Waving. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it literally was. I mean, it's uh, just... Obviously, with, with the, the Young sending off, I think someone with, I mean, his experience as well in such yeah. a big game, I think it was a bit silly, really, wasn't it? And, uh, you know, live for a good side, you know, anyway, without having to, you know, to defend against them with just... Yeah, you know, ten men. So, you know, he should have known better, if, if and, I'm honest. And Michael Keane, he came on, didn't he? It was yeah. He came on second. I, I do think until the the penalty, I thought Everton had actually defended good. them. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I mean, I I wouldn't say they had too many attacking chances, but you know, the game plan was very clear. We'll try and catch them on the break if we can. But I thought they defended and looked relatively comfortable until the penalty. And then obviously, once it goes 1-0, Everton start chasing the game a little bit, trying to get something out of it and leave yeah. themselves a little, little bit exposed. Obviously, the main talking point was the the non-red card to Canate. And I've got to admit, I've looked at it a few times now, and I can't really see what the referee's going for. Um, it's, it is two yellows. I just... I don't really understand it. I yeah. Uh, I, I, I can't, you know, so some, sometimes that you look at a challenge and you think, well, you, it, it could be a yellow card, but it's open to interpretation. 
No, I think especially the second one. He's he's stopping a stopping a counter attack. It's it's quite blatant. Yeah, I think I think they can they can definitely feel hard done by that. I don't, you know, it looked it looked clear and obvious to me. Yeah, uh, certainly did. It's just you know. I don't know. Can VAR intervene in that because it's I'm a yellow sure. card? Or are they not allowed? I think it's got to be. It has to be like a, sh- a straight red, I guess, hasn't it? I guess they got to, if it's like deemed as like, like two footed tackles, I guess, and I guess that's yeah. what it's, it's mainly there for. Um, but yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I thought Everton actually defended really well for, you know, for at least, you know, 65, 70 minutes of the game. And he, he to be fair, even when Ashley Young, you know, he was sent off relatively close to half time anyway, but even that yeah. didn't seem I mean, they had to soak up a lot more pressure, but you know, they managed to deal with it for, for a long, long time and then it's just a bit of a silly one, to, you know, penalty wise. Yeah. And you you gotta think, you know, if it, if they hadn't had a penalty they probably would have they might have been able to scrape a, a point out of it, to be fair, but yeah, I think it was, you know, Liverpool were getting more and more frustrated and, I th- you know, the fans were getting just on the yeah, backs really. of, of people a little bit. And, yeah, I think it was just, it was a really important time of the game where if if nothing had happened, if they'd have just stayed for the next, maybe see it out till 80 minutes, then I think Liverpool fans and players would have really started to get frustrated and yeah. um, it would have been very difficult from then on. But, yeah, um I think though there's a, a lot of positives for Everton. I said that I thought they'd surprise a few people this season, and um, they'd not struggle. A lot of people had them to finish near the bottom. Maybe I was being a bit enthusiastic about their chances, but I, yeah. I do think they will stay up. And you know, he's, he's, he seems to have got them a bit more organised. Everton last season before Dyche came in, that could have easily been you know a red card and then three or four nil. Um, but to keep it as tight as they did for as long as they did, I think they can give themselves uh, a bit of credit going into the next game. Yeah, well, at the end of September, they beat Brentford away 3-1. Um, yeah. But then only to go and lose, you know, the next week at home to, to Luton. So, and then they beat Bournemouth just for the international break. But, Consistency, you know, it, it, isn't it? Yeah, I think for them, it's all it's going to be, you know, it, it is going to be, if they're going to have to get three or four wins in a row, I think to finally like kickstart something. And I'm just looking at their fixtures now. They got West Ham away next weekend, and then it's Brighton at home and Palace away. So there's you know there's points probably there to be had, especially you know how Brighton are playing at the moment. Mm. Um, and West Ham might still be crying after <laughs> yesterday. Yeah, absolutely um, battered. But yeah, I, I I I think they'll be safe this season. I think there are worse teams than them at the moment in that league. Um, yeah. You know, but Burnley. I'll just quickly go off track of it. But I think I thought Burnley would be quite safe. I, but they have been really poor. If I'm honest, I mean they've conceded 23 goals and Sheffield United have conceded 24. Yeah. Um, and I think we both probably agreed that Bournemouth would struggle. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think, I think for, 
they've made a mistake getting rid of O'Neill, I think. It, yeah. Yeah, the, the game against Wolves sort of said quite a lot, I think. And them. so I think, I think Everton, you know, last season it was hit and miss a lot of the time where we didn't, you know, up until really last couple of games of the season, we didn't really know what was going to happen to them. Um, and I think in fairness, they probably were very lucky to actually stay in the league. Yeah. Uh, I personally thought that they, they were going to go down. Um, I didn't feel that the squad were focused at all. Um, and they, I thought, you know, even though they didn't go down, they probably were one of the worst three teams in the league overall mm-hmm. that season. Um, mm-hmm. But I think this season, I think with what I've seen from the three teams that have come up, um, I think they should be all right, Everton. Um, yeah. But I, I, I don't think they're going to be playing any sort of fancy football or they're not going to no. rock it up the league. I think they are going to be in and around there. But I think that... Yeah, know, but the, uh, that, they that sort of... Them. Yeah, that sort of, um, you know, football with a bit of flair isn't the thing that gets them out of trouble, I don't I don't yeah. think. It, that what they've struggled with for the last few years is a bit of organisation and leadership. I think they've finally got that a little bit. And um, I think for, for any team at the bottom, the home form is vital to staying up. And I think that last season... Everton, I'm not blaming the fans, obviously they weren't happy with what they saw, but home games, I think they were a bit fearful of their own fans last season. There seems to be a little bit of a better relationship now, surviving obviously helped, but I think the early sort of home games are going to be really important to them. If they get to Christmas and they've won a few, say if they win half of their home games at Christmas, I think they'll then kick on and they'll do all right in the second half of the season. But if it gets to a point where it's December, you know, you're looking at your Boxing Day fixtures and they're, you know, to near the bottom three or in the bottom three, then it, that's when it might get a little bit difficult for them. But I think they'll be out of trouble, like you say. To go down, you've got to be one of the three worst teams. And I, just, I don't think at the moment that they are. Okay, we are going to move on to the London derby. And that was between Chelsea and Arsenal. It was going so well, wasn't now, it? For 75 minutes of that game, right, I thought to myself, this is how we are going to play this, this season. Yeah. You know, we defended well. We defended in numbers. We got forward in numbers. We actually managed to pass it more than three times to another Chelsea player without losing the ball. Everyone seemed connected. I I don't know if you've seen sort of the formation, but, you know, it was almost when we were going forward, it was a 4-2-4 with Gallagher filling in as another, as a second striker. Yeah. And then, you know, went at the other end when it was sort of, when we were defending, you had Mudrick and Sterling pretty much as wing-backs, and then we were playing pretty much four centre-backs, mm. um, and then playing on the counter. And it really worked. It really, really did work. And I think, without the mistake from the Chelsea goalkeeper, I think we would have gone on and won that, which is really painful to say. Yeah. Um because it, they didn't look like scoring, and it was it was 
it was an edgy game because I felt that if they did score one, they probably would score again. Mm-hmm. And then I was fearful that they were going to score third, and they almost did. Um, luckily, and Kessie, it just went wide. But um, yeah, I. I I, 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 didn't, I didn't really know how to feel about the result in it because it, it, it did feel like that we threw points away there. Mm. But then if you'd have asked me at the start of the game, would you take a draw? I would have said yes. So, yeah. Um, you know, I, I suppose slightly disappointed that we didn't get the win. But at the same time, it's the best I've seen us play by far under Parch. Um, you know, Rhys James came on, you know, which is a good yeah. sign. He's back. Um, you know, from an attacking point of view, from, from him, he, I think he came on on Saturday and he was playing a winger. He's playing his winger. Yeah. Um, but you know, he can drop back. Yeah. I don't. The thing is, with James and Chilwell, when they are both fit, it's does he revert back to a five? It'd be interesting. I it's, don't know. It's going to be I interesting think... to see because James and Chilwell, you know, you know people are going to sound biased, but on their day, they are probably up there with the best fullbacks in the league, yeah. especially James. I think James more so than probably Chilwell. And I think they're probably the best attacking fullbacks in the league as well. Now, they're not going to be, if they're playing a four, they won't be able to do that. Because yeah, they're going to need, they're going to need to be defended. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it, it's going to be interesting to see. Um. But I'm, I was, I was glad to see him back. Um. Because even, you know, obviously he's been injured since the first game of the season. But even against Liverpool in that first game of the season, I thought we played really well, and mm. he was one of the best players on that pitch. And he got injured, and we did look a bit shaky when he came off, but. I think, you know, we have got a, still got a lot of players out. Um, and he's going to have tough decision, Pochettino, and how these players are going to come back in and where they're going to fit. Because at the moment, I can't see Sterling being replaced. Cole Palmer probably had the best game he's ever played in the Premier League on Saturday. Um, still yeah, he, very I young. Mean, he, still, he is still young, and because and, he obviously didn't, you didn't have a recognised striker, so and so he was quite yes. a lot of the time probably the furthest forward. Yeah, but I, I just I don't know whether it's that I've not noticed before, but he's actually quite big size wise, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. So he's, he, yeah. he he does sort of suit that. Like he can hold the ball up. He's got a, a bit of strength. Yeah. It's not like he's a, a a winger who you know relies on their pace or yeah. anything like that. It's I've, more on trickery and, and strength that yeah. he he sort of gets through the game. So I thought he, he like you say I thought he played really well. Yeah. Um, I was surprised he took Mudrick off and brought Jackson on because I felt going forward I felt it was working and I didn't I didn't feel the need that it needed yeah. to be changed. I felt with Jackson coming on it pushed Palmer out wide and we became really direct. Um, because obviously Palmer had been playing in the middle for, you know, for, for 60, 65 minutes of the game, he kept drifting inside and it just, yeah. it just, it, I, I don't think the subs helped if I'm honest. I, I felt yeah. when he started making, when Jackson came on, 
we lost a bit of momentum positional wise. I felt that the way that we were set up. There was good fluidity, wasn't there, I think, yeah. with the, the, the four yeah. attacking players that started. There was kind of an understanding between them. Mudrick, like, you know, he's a he's had a tough time. You know, I, I, I think, you know, I'd be the first to say that last season he was pretty poor. Yeah. And for the start of this season, he wasn't much better, but he seems to be growing in confidence and, and scoring goals is helping. And yeah. Obviously, he got the goal on... Saturday, uh, did, did he, he mean, did he mean it? it? I was going to ask you. They were having a debate on match a day, and they were they were certain that he probably did mean it. Um, and Pochettino said that he meant it, but I don't know. It seems a bit crazy to be shooting from that sort of angle. Um, but yeah. but then I, when I, you I'm think about convinced. it, would he bother crossing the ball if it's just Sterling in the box? That's, that's what that's I mean. Um, yeah, that is true. So yeah, but. Um, yeah, Palmer got man of the match. I thought Enzo and Caicedo, I thought they played really well. Um, but when they play together, Enzo just look, he just looks so much better than Caicedo. Like, the amount of money we've spent on him. And yeah. Enzo just looks so much better. He looks so much more confident on the ball. Um I think Fernandez is a really, really good sign, and I would say we've probably paid, we've paid a lot of money for him. But I'd say we are seeing a good return in him because he don't give up. Like mm. he's he's a hard-working midfielder, and I think moving forward, I think the team will probably be built around sort of him. Um, yeah, still very young, isn't he? So, well, a lot, yeah, a lot yeah. of. I mean, all of us are, are, yeah. are pretty much. Young. I'd, you know, Thiago Silva is propping the, uh, the, um, the age, the age of the squad up by a lot because he and even on Saturday, Thiago Silva is so good. <laughs> like, yeah. we, we, I know he's 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 quite old, and yeah, but we're so lucky to have him because. Yeah. I feel without him, there's no sort of direction at the back, and he's so composed, like on the ball, very rarely makes a mistake. Um, and for the younger guys that you've signed there as well, it's got to be having an effect on them, playing with him week in, week out, and obviously training with him. Uh, you know, confidence. if you're a twenty-year-old that's just been signed for thirty it's million, or like you think, oh well, like, or however much. Yeah, exactly. Even Dazazi, he's still only twenty two, twenty three. Yeah. So, you know, playing with him it, it, and like training with him is only going to make them better, better defenders. Interesting to see what they do with him though, because his contract's up in the summer. I did see rumours about him going back to Brazil. I think. But... I think he. I think that's where he wants to finish his career. But it's whether he sees his career finishing next season or the season after. Personally. I mean, he's played every minute for Chelsea this season in the Premier yeah. League. If he continues, I can't see why they don't give him another year. Yeah, why not? Because he, you know, he's he's outstanding sometimes. And I just think, in all of the madness of sort of the the results, he's the one player that's kind of still, st- you know, giving everything. You know, so. Just just quickly, thoughts on Arsenal. Obviously, David Raya got the nod 
over Ramsdale this week. Yeah, it's only because he had a baby. Ramsdale's had a baby, hasn't he? Um, so oh, I, did, I didn't know that. Yeah, that's the only reason he didn't play Saturday. I mean, but I can imagine Arteta's probably begging him to come back tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. It's a Sevilla game because yeah, it's a huge game for them. And I mean, he didn't do himself any good on on Saturday. There was one point he almost lost the ball again. Um, <clears throat> he he got the ball back and Cole Palmer was on him and he lost the ball. He passed it. He literally passed him the ball, but outside the box, he just passed him the ball. It's just madness. <laughs> um. But yeah, I think there'll be question marks about him. Yeah. I think, and because he hadn't done very well, I think since joining Arsenal, like I, I really don't understand why he joined Arsenal. If I'm honest, no, I mean, I've, I guess he must have thought, you know, I'm, I'm going to push for the number one spot. Um, you don't know what promises they made when they loaned him in, but not yeah. with, um, <laughs> not, not with. Um, Performances like that, he's not going to be pushing no. for number one. He wouldn't be pushing for number three, I think, after that. <laughs> no. But I can't say much because Sanchez, I think. Yeah, it was a game for mistakes, know. wasn't it? But yeah, I've got to admit, a lovely finish by Rice. I mean, even I know, I know he was past yeah. the ball, but yeah. from forty yards, you've got to be happy with a, a finish like that. That's uh, it's not all down to the goalkeeper. He still had a lot uh, to do. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, and as soon as that went in, I thought, oh, God, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just one of those things. But, yeah, no, I, I, overall, I would say that I'm, I'm pretty happy. And, but now we have to apply that again. You know, I know, you know, we were playing Arsenal, so we're probably going to step up a bit more against them because obviously they're one, the fierce rivals. Yeah. And two, you know, you want to beat the best teams in the league and they are I guess technically one of the best teams in the league we've got Brentford on Saturday Saturday we've lunchtime got, we've got the lunchtime kick off so uh, yeah got an excuse next week if they lose um, yeah. but we'll see I think as long as they play like they played for 70 minutes on Saturday we should be okay I think on, on Saturday but again it's whether they can Produce that sort of football again, so we'll have to. Um, it's obviously international break, more England games, but obviously now um, they're through, so obviously they are going off to the Euros. So to be fair, they should just cancel the other two games, (laughs) and we don't have a break. You know, madness, but um. Yeah, I think we're just going to touch on, you know, our our thoughts on maybe how far we think that they can go at the Euros. Obviously, you know, we all know what happened last time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we'd all like them to go, obviously, one step further this time. Um, I, was, I, was, I was just going to put say that, obviously, it's probably going to be almost the same team that go... Yeah, this than what it was the last Euros. To be fair, um, he's not mixed it up has he, in terms of his selection. So yeah, he's still very much adamant on a John Stones and Harry Maguire centre back partnership. But the problem is for England, it's working. That's the thing. Yeah, for him, you know, Maguire might not be playing a huge amount of football at club level, but when it comes to play for England, 
you know, he hasn't done that much not, wrong. He's not actually doing anything wrong. And to be fair, we're winning games. So, yeah. you know, I guess we should then be saying, well, we're all saying to him, why is he not picking younger players and why is he not picking players that have performed better than maybe, you know, someone like Harry Maguire. But from Southgate's point of view, when he's picked him for England, he's, you know, done a half-decent job. I mean, it's not like that England have lost loads of games, is it, in the last like four or five years? So I guess to him, why is he going to change it? And obviously there's a lot of talk about him most likely stepping down, isn't it, after the Euros? So I guess, you know, I guess we can expect Calvin Phillips and Harry Maguire to be in the Euro squad. Um, I I think so. I mean, I think the only real change is from the squad that played this round of fixtures. I'm looking at, obviously, I think Rhys James will come back from injury and will have a part to play. But other than that, I know Saka was out, so I think he'll come back in. I think the question is only going to be around Sterling. I think if he keeps on playing well this year, he's got a chance of getting back in. But I think as things stand at the moment, he just seems out of favour. I was surprised. I was surprised. I was. I was as well, to be honest. But um, I think that, yeah, I hope hope that if Sterling does enough to warrant coming back in, he comes back in from Ketia. Because I think Watkins is on great form and it would be a shame for him to drop out. But, um, yeah, he, he seems to have kept a, a pretty standard squad for the last, at least for the last few rounds of yeah. of international fixtures. There hasn't been, he's not been handing out debuts to many people. Cole Will's got one recently, I know, but other than that. He, I um, think him, I think Cole Will will probably be sacrificed for Rhys James. Yeah. Um, and I think obviously Chilwell. Yeah, Chilwell's come... so he will most likely come back in as well, and I think that would be curtains for probably Dunk. I think that'll be him. Out. Yeah, I think it'll be uh, between Chilwell or Shaw. I think I think one of them's got to go because we can't keep on playing teams with no left back. And I know Trippier's yeah. done all right filling in, um, but I think he'd rather play in his actual proper position. I think we'll agree. Bellingham is. Probably almost at the top of that team sheet right now. Probably just below yeah. Harry Kane still, but yeah. I mean, it, it, <laughs> he is. It's I mean, an incredible talent. He's like a Rolls Royce, Danny, on the hit. So like when you obviously we don't obviously get to see him play that much because obviously he's in Spain. Um, but I mean, when he's playing for England, he just you can just tell he's like head and shoulders above <laughs> anything else we've got in midfield. Like, yeah. He's so good on the ball. He he's he just reminds me of Zidane. I just, every time I see him play, I just think he's literally Zidane. Yeah. Like the, it, way, the way he just like glides. It's scary. Is it? I, I I remember I I so growing up, Zidane and Bergkamp were my two favourite footballers to watch that didn't play for Villa, and I remember a few people saying there was a time in Zidane's career where a few people would say he, he doesn't work that hard. Um, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't run much. He doesn't yeah. put much effort into the team, but I always thought he does. He just like he just makes it look so easy. Yeah. And I think Bellingham has got that. He just makes it look so easy. Everything he does on and off the ball, yeah. he just appears. And I think, I think 
as well at, at the moment. I think Rice is hitting that kind of form as well. I, I wasn't really a fan when he sort of first came onto the scene, but watching him, especially for the last few England games and the last couple of times I've seen him for Arsenal, the difference that he makes in winning that ball back and just being in the right place, having that strength to, to out-muscle opponents, attackers, that kind of thing. Between the two of them, I think they're up there with any, oh, yeah. you know, any, any, any national team. The, the two of them, I think, would, would get into most other international setups. I, um, Bellingham again to everyone's at the moment. I, I genuinely oh, yeah. would put him in a, you know, if we were making a world 11 at the minute, he would be, um, yeah, well and truly in the middle of it. So, um, yeah, in terms of our chances for the Euros, I don't know. I think it's, it's going to be dependent on obviously a lot of, a lot of things, who qualifies to begin with. Obviously, We've beaten Italy to the top spot by the looks of things. I imagine they'll get through in second, but you just you can never really tell. You don't know what groups you're going to have. But I think in terms of like squad for squad, I think us, France, and Spain are going to be the, yeah. the, the three that people will fancy to get towards the sort of latter end of the tournament. I think you know we obviously lost against France in the World Cup last time out, but. Um, It'll be only just that. Like, only just, ju- we, well, I mean, yeah, we yeah. we gave them. We, I think we gave them a good game. I'd still probably have them slightly ahead of us just because of favourites. Yeah, yeah, I, and I think you know they they've had a settled side now for quite some time, and I don't see that changing between now and the Euros. Spain, I think, are going to be one of those teams. I don't know whether the Euros is going to be a bit too soon for them, but I think the next World Cup. You know, the look, you look at the players they've got coming through. Um, they had a, a, another 17-year-old scored for Barcelona yesterday. Yeah, I don't know whether yeah. you saw that. Yeah, so, yeah, you know, yeah. with, with your Gavis, your Pedris, Ansu Fati, he's obviously he's started well at Brighton. Um, and they're all teenagers still. I think the future's looking very bright for Spanish football. But I, I don't know whether it will come a bit too soon. But between England and France, I would have us as the favourites at the moment. I think I think the most interesting team are going to be Germany. Uh, it's just obviously they are hosting the whole competition. Um, yeah, so they can get fans behind them. I, I Always just, dangerous. I, it's just one of those things. I just look at their team on paper and I just think it's nothing like what it used to be. No, I mean, but they they have still got players that will make a difference. I mean, oh Musiala, yeah, Musiala has been playing well. I would have loved him to have declared his nationality for England, but maybe he regrets that now. <laughs> <laughs> maybe who knows? I mean, yeah, he, he could be playing in this side at the moment. Yeah. I think he, if he if he had decided on England, I think he would probably be in the side. I think he's played very well for yeah. for Bayern Munich, but. Um, yeah, they're they're a funny side, Germany at the moment. They're in a bit of a transition, I think. But if if there's anything that their past in terms of football has taught me, it's that they're not going to be too much longer in that transition phase. I think yeah, um, yeah. they do tend to make some swift and decisive action if they think their national team isn't performing well. And obviously, last time it culminated in a World Cup. So yeah, we'll see what happens well, this time around. At least, round. The, uh, at least the, the, there's no Japan for them this time round. No, so, uh, <laughs> so, no, so they might be safe. Um, but yeah, I, I think you know, de- dependent on where we are with France, obviously scheduling wise. I mean, if we can avoid them until the final, um, 
that would be great. Um, but I can see us getting to the final again. Yeah, I could see it. I could see it. It just, yeah. I think being so close last time, I think that should be motivating them to go one step further and try not to let it get to penalties. And this time, make sure (laughs) Chiellini gets sent off. Yeah, yes, please. And yeah, so, um, yeah, I think, you know, I think we, I think they'll be aiming to get to the final. I think they shouldn't be aiming for any less than that. No. Um, you know, winning it would be huge. And if they lose in the final, you know, still a final, isn't it? Still getting to a final. Looks good on Gareth Southgate's CV. So. Yeah, it does. Yeah. But yeah. And then you, you can't help but question if we had a different manager, might we have gone a little bit further? Yeah, I guess we'll never know. But it would be nice if he, if he was going to quit after the Euros, it would be a nice way to sign off, wouldn't it? Yeah going to be very, very interesting on where they take that if he does leave. Yeah. Because, to be fair to him, he hasn't really done that much wrong, has he? In terms of actual tournaments? Yeah. Football? Like, on no. What we've seen from like how far we've got in competitions. I mean, we should have got to the World Cup final. Yeah, I I was a little dis... Yeah, um, but I don't think anyone expected us to do as well as we did in that tournament when we did get to the semi-final. The only tournament I'd say I was a little bit disappointed in was the World Cup last time round. I know we got France. I know they ended up going to the final, but I still thought we could have gone a bit further. Um, But I'm not going to blame Southgate for that. It was a... France were just better than us on the day. I don't think we did too much wrong. No. Cool. So that's this week's talking points. We are back in part two uh, with some wonders of why, who am I, and a quiz. Hello and welcome back to part two of this week's episode. Uh, we're going to go into some Wonders of White. And I'm going to start with Villa. Yes, and that's no, what we not, like. It's not Douglas Louise breaking the Villa record for most consecutive home goals either. Though he has broken that record. Yeah. Um, so this is the... Um, so most points in the Premier League since the weekend of Unai Emery's first game in charge of Aston Villa, which was the 5th of... November. November, yeah. And so the weekend of the 5th of November. So you've scored 68 points since then. Yep. Um, which is more than Manchester United and Newcastle. And only slightly less than Arsenal and Liverpool, but Man City are, you know, they're way off. You know, 81 points they're on. Yeah. So yeah, top four, Champions League. Yeah, I'm, I tell you, if, that, if, if we're saying that come May... <laughs> I'll I'll be delighted. I'll be delighted. I, mean, I did listen to six oh six earlier, and there were some Villa fans on there saying, "I don't know why people aren't taking us seriously for a run at the title." Um, I'm not going to go that far, but top four would be a dream. Dreams, yeah, Living absolute dreams. dream. Yeah, I mean, I'm still holding out for top six. Top six would be successful, but um, anything more than that is a, a wonderful bonus. Uh. 
Jared Bowen is the third player in the Premier League's history to score in each of their team's first five away games in the campaign. Uh, he holds the joint record uh, with um, Thierry Henry and Mohamed Salah. So he's um, in good company. He's in company there. Uh, did, this get, one, he did get a little bit lucky, though, I've got to say. I'd, yeah. It was, Big deflection. Big deflection. Shouldn't really um, count. <clears throat> this one is something we actually talked about earlier on the league. So this is about Ajax. So Ajax have failed to win the, their last eight games in all competitions. Three draws, five defeats. Their longest run since the introduction of professional football in Holland. Wow. 1954. <sighs> I mean, they are struggling really yeah. bad. Well, really bad. They, they are. Yeah, I mean, as you know, Chris, they are my foreign team that, yeah. that I follow and um, yeah I mean obviously they sold pretty much everybody um, in summer Kudus Alvarez um, obviously Anthony's left recently as well and, and yeah loads of important players Martinez went so um, yeah they just haven't replaced them or at least not yet anyway doesn't help when they get games abandoned after like an hour because of crowd trouble either yeah, I but, saw another uh, game got abandoned last night as well in Greece. Panathinaikos and Olympiakos. Oh, yeah, not Pulled surprising. Someone, someone threw a, a flare at a player. Hit him. Wonderful. Yeah. That game is... I, I would never want to go to that game. It's brutal. Imagine being in the middle of that game. Oh, no. No, um, thank you. Uh, so this this one is, is a slightly random one just because of one of the players that's actually involved in this. Um, so at the age of 21 years and 168 days, Cole Palmer is the third youngest player to score a penalty in back-to-back Premier League games. So the youngest is Bukayo Saka at 20 years and 230 mm-hmm. days. Second is 21 years, 50 days. is Peter Unlove. Wow, <laughs> that is a blast <laughs> from the past. <laughs> random, random. <laughs> yeah. I had to put that one in just because he was second yeah. in the list. I always love a mention of a 90s footballer, so yeah. very happy with that. You can just, if you close your eyes and imagine, you can you can picture him in a bright blue Coventry City oh, uh, definitely. kit with he Subaru, taught, he, Subaru written on the front of yeah, it. Yeah, he tormented Villa on several occasions. I suppose they're kind of like your rivals, aren't they? Are they kind of... Yeah, I mean, it always used to be a little bit feisty whenever um, Coventry played Villa. I did go to a few of them back in the day, but um, the rivalry's kind of cooled off a little bit last few years, obviously. Um, but yeah, always used to be slightly feisty, especially when we bought uh, Dion Dublin, George Boateng and Mustafa Hadji in the space of about 18 months or so. Yeah, that probably um, didn't go down very well. Yeah. But... Didn't really go down too well with the Coventry fans, but um, yeah, uh, it'll be interesting. Uh, I, I mean, I was kind of hoping they'd come up this year because um, they obviously made it to the playoff final. Would have been nice to have reunited that derby again, but yeah, maybe uh, maybe next time around. So that's uh, that's your lot this week. Um... That's some, some good wonders of white there. Quiz? Should we do quiz? Yes, let's do a quiz. So, do I need to sit in a leather chair? You don't. You don't. No, you don't quite for this one. I was going to do a mastermind level quiz, and then I remember you made me sweat a little bit. I I remember that you sort of tormented me with some Villa squads from the past um, recently. So I thought I'll get you a bit of payback. 
Um, so I've got five teams. You did do Chelsea's pretty well, past. to be fair. You did do very well. I, yeah, I didn't. Fair. I didn't do too. It was quite an enjoyable quiz for me, so I thought I'd return the favour at least. Um, <laughs> this wasn't uh, a reciprocating quiz, by the way. I, I didn't want this one back. <laughs> <laughs> um, so five teams from Chelsea's yeah. past. Oh, so no. you know, you have to guess the starting eleven. So you get one life. Um, so if you get two guesses wrong, then you're out. But you can stop at any time. So. Are you ready for squad number one? Yes. Is it Chelsea Villa 8-0? There is no Chelsea Villa games in this, no. I'm afraid. Um, some some are designed to give you fond memories, some not bad, so much. Fond, bad, bad memories? <laughs> uh, well, the, so, I mean, I'll let you be the judge. So the first squad Thank is Chelsea on, versus Barcelona in the Champions League semi-final, May the 6th, 2009. Fond memories of that one, Chris? Uh, Michael Balak. Uh, Michael Balak, straight in there. Yes. Yes, he's <laughs> definitely in there. Yeah. I just, yeah. Um, the referee, but he was playing for Barcelona. Yeah, the referee was in there. Um, yeah, right. Cheat. Absolutely. I can't. The, this winds me out, this game. Absolutely winds me out. <laughs> I thought it might do. There are some nicer ones further in. I've so. never seen such. Bad referee in the game, and then to hear that Barcelona have been paying referees and stuff, and all that, and I just think myself, this just it was dodgy. I mean, there was so many. Yeah, I don't know if you've ever, I don't know if you've ever gone back and watched it, but I, I watched it on telly at really, the time. Really yeah. bad calls in that game, yeah. and then to concede right at the end as well. It's just, you know. Yeah. Okay, two thousand and nine. So. Yeah. So you got uh, Michael Ballack. I'll give you that yes, one straight yes, off. Yes, he scored the goal. Uh, yes, so he's in there as well. So that's two points. Uh, I'll go with Czech. Yeah. Lampard. Ever present. Uh, Czech. Lampard. Um, you're going too quick for me. Terry was Sorry. number five. Ashley Cole's number six. Yeah. Nine. I think we actually won the league this year as well. I'll go Drogba. Yeah, Drogba's in there, seven points. Now it does get a bit trickier. Yes. Um, well, we won the league this season, so I am going to say Maluda. Correct. He's in there for number eight. I can get one wrong, can't I? You can get one wrong, um, and then you can choose to carry on. Or you can stop wherever you like. How many have I got so far? Uh, eight. Eight. So you've got three three to get. Anelka? Correct. Yes, Nicola Anelka. I would never would have, I never remember him playing for Chelsea, even though he did score a lot of goals. He's a lot of goals that season for us. He scored just as many as Drogba did that season. Yeah. Um... No. Do you want to know what? Do you want to know what positions you're missing? I'll I'll let you sacrifice a life. It'd be, and defenders. I'll tell you. It'd be defenders, wouldn't it? it yeah, it's it's right. fair enough. Yeah. You're going to leave it there. Fancy um, taking a stab? No, no, no idea. 
trying to think who ran over to the referee. It's everybody. No, I can't think of anyone, mate. Okay, the uh, two you are missing are Jose Bosingua and Alex. Ah, right, yeah. Yeah, Alex at centre-half, Basingua at right-back. So, nine points. Not bad at all from your first squad. Ready for the second squad? Yeah, why not? Second squad is a happier affair. Jose Mourinho's first trophy. Chelsea versus Liverpool. League Cup final. February February 27th, 2005. Right. I've got fond memories of this game because I was very, very hungover. <laughs> <laughs> and I got invited to the pub. And, um, yeah, so really wasn't sure about if I was going to go. Okay. Um, it's going to be a bit more of a difficult one because one of the goals was scored by Steven Gerrard. It was. It was a Steven Gerrard own goal. The subs count. Um, I no, they don't. But I. That's only because I haven't actually written down the subs. It's just Um, because I know one of the guys that scored, but I don't know if he came on. um, Yeah, hold on. Hold on a second. Uh, I think I know who you mean, so I won't make I won't make you lose a life if you say it. Is it well, yeah, it was okay. If it's not him, I'll, I'll go with Drogba. Drogba? Yes, Drogba. Drogba it is, wasn't the yeah. one I was thinking of. It was the one that began with <coughs> the, the druggy. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, he came on. So 2005. So we're thinking Mourinho. So, check. Yep, number two. Carvalho. Yep, number three. Number four. Lampard. Yes, number five. Joe Cole. Correct. Number six. Next is going to be slight. Yes, it's right back probably would have been Paolo Ferreira. Correct. Number seven. This is some time ago. It is. This is eighteen years ago. I'm almost certain Mourinho got sent off in this game as well. Um, I, I have the match report open. Yes, he was. He was sent off for taunting Liverpool fans after the goal, and he watched on television as his side went on to win the game. I'm almost certain that Liverpool scored in like 30 seconds as well. Um, left back, I'm struggling. A midfielder, there's another midfielder, but I clue. Um, Glenn Johnson. Oh, that's a loss of a life, I'm afraid. I think I'm going to... Um, I don't uh, even think he was... Oh, he came on. He did come on, Glenn Johnson. I suspect Johnson was there at the time, but I suspect he would have been on the bench as well. 
So you um, have lost a life now, so if you yeah, get no, the next gonna, one wrong... I'm going to call it there. You're going to call it a day at seven. Yeah. I think that's yeah. probably a good choice. It's going to be... A, I mean, there is a... There's a well, there's a couple that I think you probably could have got. So Makalele played that day. Um, William Gallas was your left-back. Not quite sure why, but he was. So Gallas would probably be my next was where I was headed probably next. Um, Damien Duff. Oh my God. Yes. As well. Yeah, I've completely forgotten about Damien Duff. Yeah. Play, did play a lot for you. And then the one that I don't think any Chelsea fan would have got, because I think it probably was one of the very few games he played. Yuri Garasik played in centre midfield. I don't know whether you remember him. I yeah, vaguely I do. Uh, I've <laughs> never got him. No. I, I mean, I thought he never played. Desmond was on the bench then. Uh, yes. So, uh, those who came off the bench, you were right. Kesman came off the bench. Good Johnson came on at half time for Yarosik, and Glenn Johnson came on with ten minutes to go. Subs not used. Uh, Tiago and Lenny Pidgeley. So there you go. That was the bench for you that day, filled with quality. Um, ready for squad number three? This yeah, one's good, a little good, bit, good. little bit more difficult, but a bit of fun. Um, you gave me an old school one, so I've decided yeah. to go back to Chelsea's first ever Premier League win. Uh, it was a one-nil win against QPR on August the twenty-ninth, nineteen ninety-two. Um, quite a difficult one, but some fun names, nevertheless. Nineteen ninety-two. Now this, holy moly! Right, I'm already struggling. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. Uh, yeah, right, so I'll go. I'll go with the ones that I'm sure. The, what, the Dennis Wise would have been okay. there. Dennis Wise was playing. Yeah, Mr. Bessant. Dave Bessant was indeed in goal. Townsend. Andy Townsend. Yep. Oh my word, Clark, Steve Clark, you there? Yes, number four. Obviously, went on to be your manager briefly for a bit. I think didn't he? Was he your interim boss? Yeah, he was. Yeah, and I'm going to stop there. Interesting. Okay, four points. That's that's not bad. I've got to be honest. There aren't many names in the team that I actually recognise. It's for Vinnie Jones is on there. You're going to tell me Vinnie Jones is on there. Vinnie Jones is on there. (laughs) Yes, he is indeed. Um, so Vinnie Jones obviously recognised um, Graham Stewart. I recognised. Yeah, not, I didn't didn't know he played for Chelsea. I only recognised him from I think Charlton or something. Um, Mick Harford scored your only goal so that day. Yeah. Uh, okay. And then players that I don't recognise: Gareth Hall, uh, Mal Donaghy, Paul Elliott, and Robert Fleck. Don't know if any of those names ring a bell to you, Chris, but I was no, at a loss. I was at a loss anyway. for them. Um, fourth Chelsea squad. Yeah. Little bit of a sad time for you now. Chelsea's record Premier League defeat. Brilliant. You did it to me, so I'm replaying yeah, this favour. Six 0 loss to Manchester City, October the second, twenty nineteen. Recent as well. Yes, four years ago. <sighs> Aguero. <laughs> no, he wasn't playing for you that day. Sorry. Yeah. No. I'd, I'd like to say I think we've also beaten Man City six 0 at some point as well. I think so. Yeah. 
Yeah, but but the the problem is, I think your record win is eight nil against either us or Wigan, and because you, you did the Villa version, I, I thought it's not fair to just. You've probably That's seen sorry. the squad quite recently, so. That even Sterling scored that day as well. Traitor. Right, Sarri. Who would have? Who would have Sarri picked? So, it would have been Kepa. Yep, he was in goal. Alonso. Yep, he was at left back. Louise. Yep. Dave or Asperger. Yep, he was playing right back. It's not not a bad lineup. Kante. Yep, he was in midfield that day. Hazard. Correct. Yep. Could have been playing much longer for you after that. Maybe his final season. Shirud? No. Oh, bugger. Any more in the back? If it wasn't Shirud in 2019, it probably would have been Tubby Higuain. Are you going to guess that? Yeah, yeah, Higuain. Yeah, because if it's not Shirud, it's probably Higuain. Correct, it was. Higuain. How many have I got? Uh, you got seven, so you got four more to get. But no lives remaining. Yeah, we'll, 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 we'll park it there, I think. Just stick there. Um, yeah, there's probably a couple that I probably should know. But... So the ones you, so you missed the centre back? Uh, hang on, let me think quickly. It probably would have been Chris's son or Rudiger. <laughs> it was Rudiger. Indeed. Uh, you missed a holding midfielder who you don't particularly like anymore. I don't know where, whether he actually played against you this weekend. Oh, Jorginho. Correct. Uh, you missed uh, another centre midfielder who now plays for Luton. Oh, Barclay. Yep. And it's becoming quite apparent now how he lost And the uh, other strike, well, winger striker uh, that you missed. It'll be... Oh, hang on. I'm guessing it'll be William or Pedro. Pedro, indeed it was. Yeah, no William on the team sheet that day. Um, final squad. So you've got, you've got seven, uh, add four, so 11, and then another seven, so 18, and then another nine. So you've got 27 at the moment, so not bad at all. Um, so the final squad is Claudio Ranieri's first match in charge. The golden era of the Premier League, as far as I'm concerned. A 3-3 draw with Manchester United on the 23rd of September, 2000. Yeah, it was 2000. It was. Um... God, this is going. This is going. There to are. Be... I, I mean, I I don't want to spoil anything. There are some proper names that. in this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, right. So I'm going to go with the French pairing of Desailles and Leboeuf. Correct on both accounts. I am going to go with Di Matteo. Yes, I'm was just indeed. thinking of. No, I, I don't really know. I'm not going to be honest, but I'm just thinking of an FA Cup final. Um, <laughs> yeah, it wasn't long 
wasn't long after the FA Cup final, actually. Zola and Hasselbank. Correct and correct. That's five. Five. Damn. Uh, Flow. Correct. Six. Melchior? Incorrect. He wasn't playing that day, so you lose your life. Uh, I will just... uh, Goalkeeper. Kudicini? Correct. Kudicini was in goal that day. I think I I should stop. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not surprised, actually. I'm not not too surprised, actually. So... um, Missing Graham Lasso. I thought he might have got Graham Lasso. Yeah, okay. He was playing at left back that day, and then I'm assuming he played out of position because I remember him as a left back as well. Panucci, Christian Panucci was yeah. playing, okay, so yeah. I think it was a back three, um, because John Harley was also playing that day. He probably would have played as a wing back. I would have. Yeah, um, and then the only other player you miss was Jody Morris. Played oh, centre yeah. midfield that day. Um, yeah, some real like proper names there. I mean, yeah, John I Harley. I'm almost certain in that game as well we were losing, either losing three 0 I think we come back. Memory. Um, Let me have a, a quick look. I got I've got a link to the uh, team sheets there. So uh, so you you took you actually took the lead that day, Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank. And then you went 3-1 down. And then Tori Andre Flo scored twice. Did did Roy King get booked? Um, should we have a look? Let's have a look at United's side. Roy King did get booked. Of course oh, he did. Surprise. What a surprise. Um, so in the, the United side, just I know you're not interested, but I'm going to tell you anyway. Raymond van der Gaal played in goal. Yeah. And Dennis Irwin, Ronnie Johnson, Gary Neville and Mikel Silvestre. Uh, we're um, then it was the obvious midfield for Beckham, Giggs, Keane and Scholes. Beckham, Giggs, Keane and Scholes, and then Sheringham and Cole up front. Oh, right. Um, substitute appearances. Did, did, so did Solskjaer come on? <laughs> yes, he did. Uh, in the yeah, 81st yeah. minute, um, Solskjaer came on, and Nicky Butt and Wes Brown also came on. Chelsea substitutes that day, so you made three. So you've, you've got one of them already because it was Mario Melchior. Oh, right. Any idea about the other two? Not for any points, just for some bragging rights. Um, you've got you've got a Dutch centre back, uh, Winston Bogard. Winston Bogard playing one of his I don't know four games or however many he played for you. An Italian centre midfield, I think he was, came on for you that uh, day as well. No idea, mate. Sam Dalla He didn't play many games for you either, did he? But yeah. So there you go. Well done. So that was your quiz this week. Oh, I'm tired. <laughs> I'm tired after that. Okay, right. Uh, who am I? Uh, so he has retired. Okay. So this is the lineup. So he started his career at HFC Harlem. Right. Or moving to Fairnord. Yep. He then moved to PSV. So oh, I can't imagine not, it went not down many, very well. No, not many people made that move. 
He then moved to AC Milan. Right. Sampdoria. Before finishing his career at Chelsea. Oh, see, I... I did think of a name and then I thought, I don't remember him playing for Sampdoria or for the Dutch teams, but then you say Chelsea at the end and he did. So I was thinking Rude Hullett. He definitely played for AC Milan. He did play for AC Milan, yeah. Did he play for Ajax though? Or did he play for Feyenoord and PSV? Um, He's definitely got to be Dutch. I can't think of any other... I mean, it's not Robin, obviously. I'm just trying to think of Dutch players that played for you. Well, it's Winston Vegard. Not, not Hasselbank. I don't, I don't think it's... Well, mind you, he did end his career at Chelsea, <laughs> didn't he? Well, but... Did he play for Inter Milan? No, I don't think he did. I'm going for it. Rude Hullet. I'm going to stick with it. Yeah, that's right. You are. Yes. Um... Yeah, so he did play for Feyenoord. What a player he was, by the way. And for PSV, he was at two seasons for PSV. He scored 46 goals in 68 games. Um, Not bad, considering he was was by no means an attacking player. uh, He was at AC Milan for seven years. Uh, He actually moved, in his final year at AC Milan, he actually moved to Sampdoria on loan. Before, and they, then they actually signed him apparently and then yeah he moved to Chelsea and randomly became their manager <laughs> um, yeah he did so yeah um, actually I tell you like he was an attacking player it says he played yeah in, forward yeah oh, I only remember him playing in midfield and defence I never remember well, him Chelsea, playing up front but obviously Chelsea he pretty much played centre back for Chelsea yeah yeah I was going to say that's where I remember um, did didn't really go. I don't think I ever remember him playing for Chelsea in sort of an attacking role. So, yeah, no. good player though. Very I did it only. I, I did him because I seen an interview of him today on TV about he reckons that Man United teammates are ignoring their new striker Hoyland. I don't know. I just see, it, it, it just sure about that. just seemed like a quest <laughs> to get his name back out there if I want. Yeah. It does say here that the young Rude Hollett was considered as a signing by English sides Arsenal and Ipswich Town, but Bobby Robson turned him down. He later said that he considered £30,000 too much for this wild kid. So there you go. Could could have been an Ipswich Town legend. Rude Hollett's son, I think, is actually playing for a team. Um, Let me have a look. Um, Ma- yeah, Maxime Hullet is playing for SC Camber yeah, yeah, after coming through the Alkmaar youth team. Yeah, I did see that he was playing. Cool. Uh, his mum is Estelle Cruyff, Johan Cruyff's um, cousin, I think it says. Yeah. His mother is the daughter of Henry Cruyff, who is Johan Cruyff's brother. Cousin, yeah. Cousin, nephew, something like that. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Got some good genes. Yeah. Uh, okay. Anything else this week? 
Not this week. Cool. And then we will be back next week.